And so this morning, we are going to start a series on the Holy Spirit. Yes. So I'm going to start it out um, part one, and then Ben's going to continue next week and the week after. And so today I want to talk about who is the Holy Spirit and what is the Holy Spirit doing? So we're going to start out right now with just some scripture. All right. So, um, Spirit in the night, we're going to start with John 14, 15 through 17. This is Jesus speaking. If you love me, obey my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later he will be in you. John 16, 13 through 15. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory, this is Jesus again, by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. In Acts 1, 8, and uh, 2, 1 through 4, and this starts out with the words of Jesus. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Here we go to the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1, 1 through 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. So last week, Ben talked a little bit about the Zan Covenant, and this is um, some of the text from that. It says, we believe our belief in the one eternal God, creator and Lord of the world, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who governs all things according to the purpose of his will. Also, this one God received himself and revealed himself in three stages, as the God of Israel, as the incarnate Lord, and then as the Holy Spirit, to show he exists eternally in these three personal forms. So, the risen Jesus commanded us to baptize converts in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Note the singular, right? Jesus commanded using all three of those terms. And that's from Matthew 28.10. The Lexham Survey of Theology says the Holy Spirit is the third member of the triune God and as such is fully God and fully personal. And here's one of our phrases, right? We aim to be a gospel-centered, healthy, spirit-filled, multi-ethnic local church in urban Baltimore. God is alive today and at work through us. We value the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit for ministry today. Let's pray. God, I just ask that you would increase our love for you. 
Increase our thankfulness for the sacrifice of Jesus, that he died on the cross for our sins and rose again. Increase our love for your word and your truth. And increase our ability to know and understand and live by your spirit. May we hear the truth in your word today and may that truth change our daily thoughts and emotions and actions. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us today just as Jesus promised. Amen. So the point of this, right, is that we hear people talking about being led by the Spirit or a Spirit-led life is if we are going to do that, if we are Spirit-filled and, filled and Spirit-led, don't you think it would be a good idea to know who the Holy Spirit is and what He does and what He asks us to do, right? That'd be good, yeah? So today we're going to begin with Holy Spirit 101. <laughs> so if you haven't taken college, 101 is like the start of the classes and then maybe the next semester or the next year you'll take 201, you can go 301. So today we're going to do 101, which is just a broad kind of picture that I'm going to paint. And then Ben will get more in detail over the next couple weeks. So this is kind of an introductory class, right? <laughs> and as we go on and read further scripture, there's something that you may be helpful reading the verses even in your own time, is the big S versus the little S. So in scripture, when you see spirit with the big S, that is the Holy Spirit referenced. When you see little s, then that is meaning our spirit or spiritual life. It's not referring to the spirit of God. So as you see that in scripture, you can know exactly what is being identified. All right, so I don't know if you know this, but the spirit is referenced from the beginning of the Bible, we read Genesis 1 and 2, 1, 1 and 2 this morning, you see it there, to the very end, at the end of Revelations, um, in Revelation 22, 17, where he's mentioned right before John closes out the scripture, so from beginning to end. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is mentioned over nine times with 19 different titles. So he is involved even in the Old Testament. What? <laughs> In the New Testament, he's mentioned over 260 times with 39 names and titles. So one of the rules of scripture is if it's mentioned a lot, it's important, right? So you think the Holy Spirit is important 260 times? Um, oh, and in, in the New Testament of the um, all the books, the only books that don't mention it, of 27 books, are John 2 and John 3, um, and one year I spent reading the Bible through and I highlighted every reference of the Holy Spirit and that's when I got really surprised. So next time you do that, maybe give it a try and see what happens. I missed a few, find them later. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm gonna run through some of this quickly just to give you uh, an overview again. But the good news is that my notes will be on the website so if you want to read the scripture references that have to do with this and figure out well, what is the Holy Spirit actually doing or how does that play out in the Word, you can. You can just get those notes and read them. All right, so I'm going to talk about who this Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is called God. Yeah? He's eternal. He's omnipotent, which means all-powerful. He's omniscient, all-knowing. 
He's omnipresent everywhere. I had to take a test on this one time. I don't know if I did very good. <laughs> he is our life source. And this is actually multiple times throughout the word, not just Romans 8, 2. He's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of love. He's the spirit of holiness. And the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He can be insulted. He can be blasphemed or spoken of irreverently. He can be resisted. That means we can choose to not listen to the Holy Spirit. We can choose to not obey the Holy Spirit. We can shut him out if we want to. He can be vexed, which means annoyed, frustrated, or angry. That's interesting, right? He can be quenched or stifled, which means to suffocate, to suppress, and restrain. So again, I've seen this in my own life at times and in the lives of others where we get into the practice of not listening and to push away the Holy Spirit and he gets quieter and quieter and quieter. He's still there speaking to you, but you have chosen not to listen. And so it gets harder to hear. Well, what does the Holy Spirit do? So we'll go a little further into this um, after I do this list, but here is some of the things that he does. He works, just like you have to go to work, the Holy Spirit works. <laughs> he searches, he speaks, and he testifies. So testifies means to give a report. And in scripture we see that the Holy Spirit is telling Jesus what, what's up, what we're up to. If he's with us all the time, he knows what you're doing. And <laughs> he's testifying to God, not just bad, but good. He testifies about good things too. All right, he bears witness, which means to show that something is true, right? When you go up as a witness in a court case, you're showing that it's something happened, that something's true. He teaches and he instructs. Now, when I first saw these two, I was like, wait a minute, isn't that kind of the same thing? But uh, so for teaching, you can teach almost anything, right? A concept, an idea, a theory, or say history, right? But when you instruct, you're giving someone tools to perform a task. So in my brain, I went to my chemistry class in college, which was a five-credit course, because we had three lectures a week and a two-hour lab. And so the lecture was kind of like the teaching. And the lab, where we were given specific assignments and then instruments to perform a task, was like the instruction. Does that make sense? Yeah, subtle, but important, I think, too. Uh, the Holy Spirit convicts or declares us guilty of sin. Ooh, I've had that, right? You do something and the Holy Spirit's like, mm -mm. <laughs> that wasn't good. <laughs> I don't like that feeling. Um, he prays and makes intercession. He leads. He guides the believer into all truth. He glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. He strives or struggles with men. Another interesting one. He sends messengers from God, and he calls men into ministry. He was in the active in the creation of everything. We saw that again back in whole Genesis. Read the book of Genesis. You see him in there, and he was active in the inspiration of Scripture. He's active in the regeneration of fallen man, right? When we come to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit starts to do a work in us. 
And eventually, he will be active in the resurrection of our body. When Jesus comes back and we all get new bodies, that's his job. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> so what can we learn from Jesus and his followers about the Holy Spirit and our interaction with him? So this whole year, we've been talking about who is Jesus, what does he do, and how can we follow him? How can we use him as an example? So we have that, but then also we can use the disciples and other believers in the early church as examples of how to interact with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus' followers saw the perfect relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we'll read Matthew 3, 13 through 17. But then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit interacting with each other in good relationship all at the same time. Number two, what can we learn from Jesus and the disciples? Jesus taught that God the Father would give his followers God the Holy Spirit. It's a close, personal relationship we are invited into and are taught to receive. In Luke 11, 9 through 13, And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You fathers, if your child asks you for a fish, do you give him a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All right. We also learned that Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit's involvement at the most important moments. The Holy Spirit is an active and part of Jesus' identity and his purpose. So Luke 4, 14 through 21. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him had spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went, as usual, to the synagogue. Even Jesus went to church all the time. <laughs> he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Jesus lived the example of being led by the Holy Spirit. 
Luke 4, 1. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. After he's baptized, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Now this is interesting because he's led into something that's not nice. He's led into something that's difficult, that caused him physical discomfort and pain. And who led him there? Who led him there? (laughs) The Holy Spirit, right? But it wasn't just for discomfort. It was for a purpose. And you see, when it's all over, that the Holy Spirit sends angels to minister to him and take care of him after it was over. All right. Jesus' followers, number five, came to understand and walk out this truth of being led by the Spirit. There are lots of examples of this, but here's just one. Acts 8, 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over there and walk along the carriage. Or walk along beside the carriage. Very specific. And I'll tell you, the more, the more that I follow Jesus, the more that I'm open to what the Holy Spirit may say to me, the more this type of thing happens, where Jesus is giving me marching orders and the Holy Spirit breathes them to me. All right, um, number six, Jesus' followers understood prophecy to be directed by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter 1, 20 through 21. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Number seven, what do we learn from Jesus and his followers? Jesus' followers listened to the Holy Spirit's guidance as helpful in receiving and understanding God-given truth. They understood it to be a matter of obedient spiritual discernment. They understood it to be always connected to each part of the triune God. John 16, 13 through 15. There is so much more I want to tell you. This is Jesus. I gotta go back one. I gotta go back one. Thank you. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine, and this is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. And then 1 Corinthians 2. And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. So not our words to explain spiritual truths, but the Holy Spirit's words to explain spiritual truth. Uh, But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. So, Justin spoke on the Word of God. 
It was very good talking about the importance and the truth. And, and then Ben, also the following week, I think last week, mentioned how important it is when we're reading the Word of God to then ask before we start for the Holy Spirit's interaction. Holy Spirit, can you please help me understand the truth, right? Jesus is the Word. The Holy Spirit hears from Jesus and gives us those truths. And so inviting Him into that process is so good. If we go back here, it says, but people who aren't, oh, sorry, instead we speak words given to us by the Spirit using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. When we don't have the Holy Spirit's guidance to understand the word, the word in there might seem foolish or maybe even make us feel like God is domineering or angry or mean, or we may start to pick and choose what we think it means to try to mold it into something so that maybe it supports what we want to do. And it's only when we give the Holy Spirit room to reveal the truth and to speak to us in that truth can we truly understand the meaning behind it and the plain, simple truth like Ben talks about all the time. We need the truth because what does it also say? The truth will set you free. And so if you aren't learning the truth by the presence and the grace and the voice of the Holy Spirit, you're not free. You're going to get bound up by your own stuff. So we need to invite the Holy Spirit into this process. Number eight, Jesus' followers saw unity within the Holy Spirit relationship regardless of the unique aspects of their identity. So this is talking about the church itself, right? The local church. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 but some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. I love that verse so much. It makes me happy. <laughs> so now we're going to move on to, that's more about the Holy Spirit, who he is. Now we're going to talk about what is he doing a little deeper. The Holy Spirit is directly involved in our being born again or believers of Jesus Christ in receiving salvation. John 3, 5 through 6, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Romans 8, for all who are led of the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, or Daddy. For the Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Galatians 4, 6 through 7. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Daddy, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. What else is the Holy Spirit doing? Number two, the Holy Spirit leads us into receiving salvation and then walking forward into spiritual growth and positively changed life of following Jesus' example of sanctification. What is sanctification? We're using a little fancy words here today, but I'll explain. Sanctification, sanctification is being set aside for God's special use and purpose, dedicated, free from the guilt of sin. 
So that idea of when we choose to cast off sin, when we choose to enter into this relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and our Daddy God, that we are setting aside our own ideas and visions and purposes and goals and wants and all of that to align ourselves with what God wants, what God put us on this earth to be. So that's sanctification. <laughs> and this is John 17, 19. And I give myself, this is Jesus speaking. Again, who are we looking to as our example? Jesus says, I give myself as a holy, sanctified, right there, sacrifice for them. So meaning us. He gave his life as a holy, sanctified sacrifice for us so that we can be made holy and sanctified by our truth. And number three, the Holy Spirit brings renewal during the process of our spiritual growth. After we have that initial relationship with Jesus and we've forgiven of our sins, we're supposed to grow. Just like little babies are supposed to grow, right? So uh, Titus 3, 4 through 6 When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And the ESV says, by the washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is around to give you a bath when you need it scrub you up, clean you up, make you all squeaky clean and shiny. Number four, the Holy Spirit is actively involved in the kingdom of God on earth here, now, bringing joy. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And number five, what is the Holy Spirit doing? The Holy Spirit brings a foretaste or first fruits, an appetite, a glorious sample and pledge of the blessings to come in heaven. Romans 8.23, and we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We, too, wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. The Holy Spirit, when you're in worship and you feel that sense, is just a tiny, tiny taste of what it's going to feel like in heaven. So you've hung in with me really well today. And that was a lot but the notes are on the website, so you can go back and read it again and look at the scriptures. But what can you do this week, right? So prayerfully, when you read those notes, <laughs> invite the Holy Spirit to show you stuff, to speak the truth. And allow the Holy Spirit opportunities to guide you this week. And come the next two weeks to learn more and dig deeper into what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. All right? You you guys did so good today. That was a lot. I'm really proud of you. Thank you for uh, coming to my uh, Holy Spirit Class 101. And Ben, would you like to come up? So that depth of Scripture is there to help guide us in the relationship. The Holy Spirit 
is there to guide us in that relationship. It's a learning experience. If it's worth the best of your energy and your whole life, yeah. there should be some depth to it. Mm -hmm. Just close your eyes and focus on God more than anything else in this moment and let's pray. Let's bring ourselves to a place where we're more aware of God than anything else. Thank you, God, the Holy Spirit, that you are in this place, here and now. You know perfectly what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know where we're at. You know what we're going through. You know what matters most. You bring renewal. You bring healing. You lead us into that relationship with you. God, we pray right now, just like it says in that passage in Titus, that you would come with renewal by your Holy Spirit. Washing away. Washing away the perspiration of our effort. Washing away the dirt and the grime of this world. Bringing cleansing. Bringing your rivers of living water. Your Holy Spirit. Bubbling up within us. Welling up within us. Renew where we are dry, where we are cracked, where we are in need. Come, bring that renewal, Holy Spirit. We need you, Lord. Lord, pull away anything that is getting in our way of perceiving you. Like a cancerous tumor would you come, Holy Spirit, your perfect knowledge of your surgeon's hand and cut away those tumors. Cut away those things that have wrapped themselves around our nerves, our ability to perceive you. And in your perfect healing work, you would open our spiritual eyes, you would open our spiritual ears, you would blow away the clouds and spiritual darkness from this world. Your Holy Spirit would lead us through. The Word says you are the foretaste of future glory. Let us sense that foretaste of future glory by your Holy Spirit today. Oh, that we would go from this place praying in the Spirit, drinking of that living water, communing with you, the fresh sense of consecration, a sense, fresh sense of dedication, of devotion to you, a fresh sense to throw off and put away anything that would so easily beset us that we would go from this place with the joy of the Holy Spirit. The joy of the Holy Spirit would be our portion. We would overflow with it. We would give it away. We would take it wherever we go. We thank you, God, for who you are, for who you are cannot be repressed, cannot be defeated. 
cannot be stopped. God, you will do what you choose to do. Thank you that regardless of anything we might see with our natural eyes, that you are powerful. I thank you for who you are. So God, today, would you strengthen our spirits, fill us with you to overflowing, that we would have a fresh sense of courage, a fresh perspective that it is you that is doing the heavy lifting. It is you that has always been there. It is you who always will be there. It is you who will be victorious, who is now victorious, oh God. Lead us forth into today and this week with fresh strength, fresh courage, fresh motivation, oh God, that we would be in tune with you turning off what we need to turn off, turning down what we need to turn down, drawing close to you, O oh God, so that just with the slightest bit of your movement, we sense it and we follow. God, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for the joy of the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Feel free to stay and pray. Feel free to look around and love on someone. Look around if you don't see someone, send them love today. God loves you. He cares about you. God is powerful. The Holy Spirit is with you. Amen. 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 Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.